Hey Misfits, welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast, your weekly podcast for all things weird and wacky, from Bigfoot and aliens to history, psychology, and everything in between. I'm your host, Steve. Sorry for the delay between episodes, guys. I've been really busy. I just moved down to Austin, Texas, and I didn't have Wi-Fi for the first week I was here. I've been getting all settled in, and then last week was Thanksgiving, so I was busy with that. But going forward, I'm going to keep putting out the show, and I'm going to put the show out on a more consistent basis going forward. I was kind of deliberating whether or not I want to end the show now that Emmy's gone, and I decided that I want to keep it going. We had a lot of views on our last episode, which was incredible, so I'm not quite ready to quit. I think I'm going to go more towards interviews in the future because that gives me more freedom, and I think it might change the show a little bit more. I want to start interviewing some interesting people. Maybe they're paranormal experts. Maybe they're into some other stuff, and I'll try and keep the alien and Bigfoot talk and all the cryptids and whatnot involved, but... I might stray away from that a bit, depending on who I get on. So big things coming in the future. Thank you guys for sticking around, and thank you for listening to our last episode with Hops Geek News Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Kelly again from Canadian Spirit, and this time we did have a discussion about cryptids and whatnot, but I went more of an interview route because Kelly is actually a paranormal investigator by trade, so I thought he's the perfect person to interview to talk about paranormal investigations because Emmy and I, surprisingly, never interviewed a paranormal investigator. So I hope you guys enjoy the show, and before we get started, I saw a little bit of house cleaning. If you enjoy the show, the best way to show your support is to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on and leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcast. It helps a lot with social proof and gets more people are more eyes on it with the algorithm. Also, if you want to support us, please consider donating a coffee. The link will be in our description. Maybe buy some of our merch. It's pretty sweet. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay spooky, guys. All right. And we're back. And I'm joined by uh, Just Kelly from the Canadian Spirit Podcast. Welcome back. We had a lot of fun last time you were here. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to be back, Steve. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And uh, Darcy was supposed to join us, but uh, he's stranded on the side of the road somewhere in uh, in the Arctic tundra known as Canada. Yeah, he's experiencing some technical difficulties because, you know, cell phones were just invented here just last year. So uh, we're, we're all getting used to this brand new technology and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> imports take a while to get to Canada. It is a landlocked yeah, yeah, yeah. country after all. <laughs> landlocked country. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have uh, the most uh, coastline out of any landmass in the world. Did you know that? I actually any did country? know that. I, yes. was, I was kidding. That's <laughs> well, just a fun, interesting fact about our country. Well, I think part of it, too, is that a lot of your country, like, no one lives in. It's just uninhabited. So, Yeah, um, there's a lot of space where there, there's no one around except for caribou, deer, and, you know, the occasional raving hillbilly. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I guess a good follow-up to last time I had you on. Uh, how did your Bigfoot investigation go? Uh, it was actually kind of a bust, honestly, because we got out there and got looking around, and I really didn't see any kind of compelling evidence. There wasn't footprints. There wasn't uh, – the only thing that uh, was out there was essentially a hole in the side of a barn, which this guy said that uh, the Bigfoot threw this stone through his – sorry, there's an ambulance going by – so yeah, the only thing that uh, we found out there was essentially just a great big hole in the side of his barn. Now, the witness said that a Sasquatch picked up a rock and threw it through the wall, but there was no rock inside or outside of the barn. So 
I don't know. With, with the complete lack of any kind of physical evidence. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I mean, think maybe I think maybe this guy was just drinking too much and maybe shot his gun off in his barn. I guess there is. I mean, it's probably completely a, a false account, but there. See the Ape Valley incident. I want to say whatever it's called. Um, yeah, the, in Washington, the, which is known to be fabricated because they're gold prospectors who allegedly found gold and didn't want other people coming there. But um, hmm. that one is pretty much fabricated. There's no evidence that there is Bigfoots that attack, big feet that attack them, if you will. I kind of find it hard to believe that Bigfoot could exist in the Canadian tundra. How could there be enough food to support a population of them in the tundra? Well, not only that, but, well, first of all, for this particular case, the last known Sasquatch sighting in this particular area anyway was back in 1975. And if you think there was a large enough breeding population out here, you would see them a little more often than, say, you know, every almost 40 years. Yeah. Interesting. Another thing as far as Bigfoot goes and cryptids in general is again we come back to breeding populations if there's not enough genetic diversity to keep these populations going then mm -hmm. these things are going to inbreed and they're eventually going to die out because of you know genetic anomalies and things like that yeah and i don't know man it just seems like because here's the thing with genetic or with gene pools is that you have to have at least 1500 of them to keep around to breed with each other to keep you know the gene pool i guess uh from going fetid mm -hmm. yeah so on uh last week's episode where i had matt from uh game or not games sorry um geek hops news on we talked about some cryptids because he's from idaho he's talking about some idaho cryptids and we talked about the um the bat squatch and this reminded me because <laughs> i read something about it and i think the bat squatch is clearly nonsense because it weighs like it weighs as much as two grizzly bears, so weighs around three thousand pounds, and has bat wings, it has bat and bird wings, which is preposterous. And the mm -hmm. reason that bats and birds can fly is because their wings are hollow and they weigh nothing. Yeah, the the description of like an anthropomorphic thing with both bat and bird wings it brings to mind the kind of imagery you think of when you think of ac uh, biblically accurate angels particularly mm -hmm. of the seraphim variety, because those things, they have multiple wings and they're fucking scary when you look at them. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing I don't believe in bat squatch, I mean, that's an interesting thought, but the other reason I believe in it is as I discussed last week, sorry to repeat myself guys, but um, I did the math. A grizzly bear needs to eat 30 pounds of food a day to sustain itself, which means that one bat squatch, which is double the size of a grizzly bear would need to need, would need to eat 60 pounds of food a day which maybe that's possible. I don't know in Washington, but I feel like you would know about it. If there's a giant, like nine foot bear, Sasquatch, bat, ape man flying around eating 60 pounds of food every goddamn day. Also, how do you miss something flying around? that's a 30 foot wingspan. Yeah. That seems a little far fetched to me. Kind of seems like it would be some like, to me, a lot of cryptids and a lot of uh, legends and whatnot in the paranormal world, I find you can actually tie back to old mythologies. So the thing that I said about the Seraphim earlier, it may be some kind of callback to that, but it almost, it could also be a, uh, I'm, I'm all, the first thing that came to my mind, sorry to jump around like this, but is an African 
cryptid known as the Popobawa. What's that? <laughs> well, it's a giant bat-like creature with one eye that goes around raping people. So that's oh, uh, it's like in a hool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of this stuff, like I said, can be traced back to mythology. And as far as bat squatch goes, I think it's similar to that. Or well, bat squatch only goes back to the seventies. Okay. I think so... it was um the first quote unquote sighting was after Mount St. Helen erupted in 1980, and there's nothing before that. Okay, so what I'm thinking is is that somebody got a hold of old Sasquatch sightings. And they were just on the tail end of the Mothman sightings in West Virginia. You stick the two together, and it's just a Reese's peanut butter cup of cryptids, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I agree about the mythology. I mean, one of the problems with the internet is a lot of people just want to believe things blindly and don't have critical reasoning skills. And yeah. you'll see it a lot on Reddit, especially. You see a lot of bullshit that people think is real. Uh, it's like oh my god guys like how stupid are you but i think part of the problem with how the internet works is um a lot of these cryptids or folklore creatures you know they clearly exist to teach a lesson right yeah like some of them objectively aren't real we don't need to take things literally we don't need to be like the ancient aliens guy who takes things literally oh dear god um don't even get me started on sucalos yeah so here's the thing is like a lot of these legends, maybe they're based on something, or maybe we fabricated the monster to teach a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm trying to have a good example, and of course I'm blanking on it. Uh, like the boogeyman, right? Like the boogeyman doesn't exist, but it teaches a lesson about like, I don't know, murder or some shit like that. Well, you keep your kids in bed, otherwise the boogeyman reaches out and grabs their ankles. Yeah, exactly. It teaches like stuff like that. It, it, they teach you lessons and sure the Loch Ness monster maybe that's real that's like that's biologically hypothetically possible but a flying ape a flying ape bat just isn't gonna happen yeah like as far as flying even mammals go that's incredibly rare the only thing that you can really find in that is the bat species i know and even the biggest bats aren't that big well, I mean, like flying foxes can get to be pretty big, but nowhere near the twice the size of a grizzly bear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's not possible. But yeah. So the reason I wanted to have you on the show, I was hoping you had Darcy as well, but you're just as good. Just having one of you guys is you guys are paranormal investigators. Yeah, we are. And I know the last time we had fun just doing the show like we traditionally do it, but I want to mostly focus on that, and I guess. Do you want to tell me about uh, what it's like being a paranormal, paranormal investigator? Maybe some of the process. And if you have a fun story or two to share, uh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, you betcha. Uh, what I can tell you about doing paranormal investigations is that they are really, really, really boring, actually. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, what we're doing is looking at readings or we're sitting in a room, in a dark room, mind you, and we're just essentially talking to someone who doesn't uh doesn't respond it's actually a lot like podcasting so it, it really uh it really translates well so have you guys ever thought about uh recording one of these as a podcast as like a or live streaming it do a live stream uh investigation 
We've given it some thought, but uh, honestly, when it comes to the privacy of our clients and the people that we do investigations for, that is absolutely paramount to us. We like to keep them, you know, we'd like to keep their private lives private. You know, they're, they're already going through enough when they're calling us in, right? So mm-hmm. That's true. It also is kind of probably embarrassing for everyone to know that, like, that you think that, like, I mean, I think that ghosts could be real, right? I'm definitely open to it, but... Mm-hmm. I think as to the general public, it's kind of embarrassing to be like, yeah, we got the Ghostbusters in to check out um, our ghost problem. Yeah, because I mean, like, no matter what's going on in a person's house, we're always going in there because they're experiencing something. Whether or not it's actually paranormal, it's up for debate. That's what we're there to figure out, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're already going in there because they're essentially these families are at a crisis point. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's causing it. And they're essentially looking for answers from somebody who might have some, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, a good example is, I don't know if I told this the last time that we that I was on your show, but uh, this one time we were called in because this uh, lady, she had, well, she thought that she was under demonic attack. Ooh, no, you did not tell me this story. So we gathered up our equipment and headed out there, set up all the meters, cameras, all that kind of stuff, and start flicking them all on. And well, one of them, one of my meters starts going off and it's going off like crazy. So I lean over and I look at it. I said, what exactly have you been experiencing here? She says, well, I, I constantly feel like I'm being watched. I feel like I have this terrible sense of dread. I'm unable to sleep at night, and when I am, I wake up choking half the time, like something's strangling me. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that makes sense, because you are being attacked by an unseen entity right now, and you didn't need to call me, you need to call the fire department. You have a carbon monoxide leak. That's, I was gonna, I was wondering if that was what was happening. I, um, I was watching a video about that, how, like, mm. that's the thing, the paranoia, you feel like someone's watching you. That's why you're supposed to have carbon. I, mean, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in, in America, you're supposed to have carbon monoxide detectors and fire like smoke alarms in um yeah. in your house. It's not to be like in every room. It has to be an adequate amount, like like one on each floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. No, her carbon monoxide detector was not working properly, and she was experiencing a leak and was, in effect, experiencing the symptoms of acute carbon monoxide poisoning. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the interesting thing. Like, I've read an article about um, how a lot of "quote unquote" ghost stories or ghost sightings or really haunted plate like buildings. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it can be chalked up to um, like just old buildings leaking carbon monoxide, but that doesn't explain when people see like ghosts in a field or something. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's because uh, I've heard that theory as well. Some people say like, "Oh, well, it's all carbon monoxide poisoning." Well, then how do you explain, say, a chair? you know, sliding across the floor on its own or those, pe- those pesky carbon monoxide um, molecules, you know, messing with chairs. <clears throat> Excuse me. No worries. Yeah, no, it's just for, for some cases where you're experiencing, I guess, emotional phenomenon or physical or like physical phenomenon that's happening to you and your body. Sure. That could be a viable solution if you like especially that'd be definitely something for to test for but um as far as say poltergeist activity or you know 
demonic possession or cryptid sightings or UFOs or anything else paranormal, it kind of falls flat, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. In your line of work, what percentage do you think of the stuff that you've done, dealt with is actually paranormal versus like a bad story about Bigfoot or a bad lead or carbon monoxide? And what percentage do I think is, a, is actually like something strange you can't explain? I would probably have to say about 1% of the cases that we look into, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that and- you're being truthful because if you said more than like 10%, I'd be like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> But yeah, yeah if you're it, less than 1%, they, that sounds about right. Yeah, because what we try to do here at Spirit is that we try to employ the scientific method to the, per, to the problems that our clients are having. So the first thing that we do is we go throughout the entire house. We check everything out, make sure, you know, electrical, you know, gas, everything like that. It's all tickety-boo. And then we talk to the clients. We do a preliminary investigation or preliminary interview part of the investigation sorry where we start asking them like okay well how long has this been going on are you on any kind of medications blah 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 blah. like one of the worst case or one of the worst questions that i have to ask is like are you on any recreational drugs or do you suffer from any types of mental illness mm-hmm. but i always have to ask those questions because then if those things are in play then we have another bias that we need to try and check and, you know, get under control, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Like I'm, that's good. Like I, I, my reference point for a lot of this stuff is like these garbage shows on the history channel where uh, they're not employing the scientific method. They're all fake and for um, entertainment value, not like actual scientific method trying to solve some of those issues. Yeah, no, I, <sighs> I try, like, I watch some of those shows, but to be totally honest, I've been banned from watching many of them because I end up screaming at my television far too often. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it, it's absolutely enraging, some of the things that these people do. Like, <laughs> it's oh. funny. They're, they're comedy gold because they're not, they're not legit at all. It's, it's, a, I think they're hysterical personally, but they're not real. It's all fabricated. Yeah. No, it's just, it, I guess in my mind, it just makes the rest of us look bad, right? Like, oh, yeah, it does. Same with Bigfoot people. Yeah, yeah. Like when we we interviewed Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum, who is one of the most legit people who believes in Bigfoot, in my personal opinion. The guy Mm -hmm. is an actual scientist. He's actually an expert in, like his field of study is anthropology. So he's literally an, an expert in hominin evolution. Yeah, so he's, and locomotion. Yeah, and locomotion specifically. Yeah. So yeah, because like, he was he was actually here in my hometown here a couple of years ago doing a uh, a presentation on Bigfoot, and I was there. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah. It so was, yeah, I've actually met uh, Jeffrey myself. Yeah, it was really cool interviewing him. Um, and I definitely felt more convinced than I ever have talking to him. But at the same time, I'm still skeptical because I've seen so much nonsense out there. I haven't seen um, very much compelling evidence. You know. But talking to him, I he was very convincing. Yeah. No, because for the longest time, I was absolutely like, okay, yeah, Bigfoot's not real. It's just some kind of, you know, underlying uh, part of human psychology that we haven't quite tapped into yet. Like, wh- what causes this? What causes us to see this out in the forest, right? But after talking with uh, Dr. Muldrum there, he, he definitely kind of had, he definitely had me convinced because... 
as far as um, evidence in cases that can't be ruled out as hoaxes, they're all consistent. Mm-hmm. There's and, just so many hoaxes out there that it's hard to like yeah, val- really, validify. Yeah, it really, really muddies the waters, unfortunately. And that's part of, I guess, yeah, that's part of the problem that we have in paranormal investigations is because we have so many of those people who are out there muddying the waters who are throwing their hands in the air, screaming, it's a demon. It's always a demon. It says so because I brought my Ouija board here. You're not a paranormal investigator. Get out. Yeah, I mean, I see nonsense like that on Reddit all the time. It's like, no, you're not. You're not being haunted by a ghost. Your your dead cat's not visiting you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, at best, at best, there is residual energies that are still trapped within your home, probably because of the construction of the building or the uh, um, the underlying structure underneath it might have might be trapping some kind of a because have you ever heard of the stone tape theory? No, I have not. What is that? Basically, what that is, is that our in our, our bodies and the bodies of every other biological living thing, it has a well, it exudes what's called bioelectricity, right? It's basically how our nerves, our nerves and our nervous system, our brains, everything like that works. And that energy, if it's repeated enough throughout a certain space, it can actually, I guess, uh, create an imprint on the atmosphere of that area. Mm-hmm. And even if the thing is dead and gone, that energy is still there, I guess, replaying almost like a tape, right? Oh, is it a tape like in that sense? I thought you were going to go the route of like, oh, the stone's like a piece of tape and it gets stuck like a bug, like a glue trap. Uh, not quite, but yes, it's almost like the earth is kind of recording our um, our movements and stuff like that. And if we undergo the same movements over and over again, day after day after day, it could be possible that our energies just kind of get trapped in a specific cycle. It's not necessarily a ghost, but it's just more or less the uh, biological interaction between our bodies and the environment around us. Mm-hmm. That's cool. On to that as well. Do you have any stories that you're able to share? You have to redact names or something where you have actually experienced something paranormal? Yeah, I'll share one uh, with you. This was actually before I met Darcy because I did paranormal investigations for about three years before I met Darcy and we started mm-hmm. Spirit. This is when I was living in Edmonton. Uh, I just got on board with this uh, paranormal investigation team that had just started up over there. Mm-hmm. And back then, I was a hard-nosed skeptic, like, I I essentially joined this group so that I could expose these charlatans for who they were, right? (laughs) Well, one of the cases that we got called out to was this little roach motel down on the south uh, south side. This guy said... What's a roach motel mean? uh, Basically, it's just like one of the kinds of hotels that you only stay in as an absolute last resort. Okay, so it's like cockroach infested? Pretty much. All right. I had never heard that term. I, I figured, but I'd never heard that term. So I had to make sure I was correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the hotel owner seemed like a sketchy guy. Said, yeah, in this one room, it's all, it's very haunted. Weird shit happens in there all the time. People won't even stay in that room for a whole night. Yeah. Okay. This is probably a publicity stunt, I thought. 
So we went in the room, set up our equipment, tried an EVP session, got nothing. Tried scanning the room with the electromagnetic field, K2 meters, got nothing. Checked the entire room over for, you know, levers, pulleys, switches, wires, anything like that, nothing. Mm-hmm. Spent about an hour and a half of it doing this, and we were just like, okay, you know what? There's nothing here. So we stepped out of the hotel room. I was the last one out, and I closed the door behind me. And then I heard an enormous crash from inside the room. We all kind of looked at each other. Well, what the hell was that? Turned around, opened the door, and all the furniture was then piled up in the far corner. That's freaky. I tried looking into things like localized seismic activity, anything to explain this. I still do not have an explanation for that. That's wild. Yeah, that one has puzzled me. So if you came back in instantly, it couldn't even been someone like hiding really well and pulling a prank. No, from the time that we heard the crash to the time that we opened the door. Well, from the time that I closed the door, we heard the crash and we opened the door. It was no more than five seconds. That's so weird. And it wasn't piled in the corner beforehand? No. No, it was like standard layout. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it was messed up. I just, I could not believe what I was seeing. So is that what really like convinced you that this stuff was kind of legit? And you weren't like, oh, no, I weren't super skeptical anymore? Oh, it, it definitely shook my confidence. But... In the back of my mind, I always had this idea of like, okay, no, there has to be a bit, there has to be another explanation. There has to be something we're missing. Yeah. The, uh, so what, yeah. what, if you can share it, what was the story that, what was the um, experience that convinced you? That was the, uh, the case of a Wendigo position. Okay. So perfect transition because I want you to tell me about Wendigos. Like I know what they are generally. But I want to hear what you had to say about Wendigos. And then if you can share that story and cut out names, I would love to hear it. Yeah, the the Wendigo, as far as paranormal creatures go, they are the only ones that genuinely scare the living hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So in Algonquin and uh, oh, Algonquin, Cree, and um, I'm just struggling on the third one here. Um, Algonquin, Cree, I'm, I don't know for sure, but... I know that there's like one other that goes with them, right? There's like the, I think it's Blackfoot. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I don't know. But in any case, the Algonquin and the Cree have this legend of the Wendigo. And basically what this thing is, well, it kind of depends on which culture that you speak to in regards to it. Mm-hmm. Some say that it's an ice giant that's 10 feet tall. Some say that it's an emaciated skeleton-like creature that has long pointed yellow fangs and sunken eyes. Mm-hmm. The most uh, common depiction that you see online is a creature that has like an, uh, a deer's head on its head with antlers. Is it a deer's head? I thought, I thought it wore antlers in the pictures. Yeah, that, that's another depiction too. Those are actually ones that do not come from uh, traditional indigenous uh, storytellings. Mm-hmm. I, I figured most of the art online was like some weird rule 34 hentai shit, but uh... <laughs> I, th- I think they're getting them. I think they're getting Wendigos mixed up with skinwalkers, to be honest. But yeah, which is another thing that we can get into that after. Mm-hmm. 
So the Wendigo used to be a person, but again, depending on which, uh, which storyline you go down, they either consumed human flesh or engaged in some kind of dark magic that requires you to eat human flesh. Thus mm-hmm. cursing the, thus cursing the person to become the Wendigo, which is a creature that it's sort of like a spirit, but it can take physical form. It's kind of like water in a sense, if you think about it. It can yeah. either become like a liquid, which it can pass through the trees like the wind, like air, and it can become a physical object, or it become it can be manifest itself into a physical being. Yeah. So this thing, it's essentially cursed to crave human flesh and have a hunger that never abates. Yeah. And so I I know like just interject a little bit. I know that um a lot of the story behind it is teaching a lesson again of like you can't don't turn on people and eat human flesh yeah um another thing that uh, darcy and i kind of figured out as far as the wendigo goes is that it may actually have some basis in truth mm-hmm. well aside from my account but um we'll get to that in a minute what i'm thinking is is that with a lot of indigenous cultures experienced was prion disease mm-hmm. because now prion disease comes about generally well not generally but sometimes when members of a species eat the members of their own species like yeah. do you remember uh mad cow dis- mad cow disease bse yeah i do and isn't it also um can't you also get it from eating brain yes you can but not just brains though it's pretty much any type of tissue of your own species. Basically what prion disease is, is it's almost like kind of a plaque buildup in your neurons. Yeah. And it causes your brain essentially to go haywire. It causes things like violent outbursts and um, paralysis. There's all sorts of, yeah, there's all sorts of uh, symptoms and whatnot linked to it. Mm -hmm. And when you go, or when you compare them to the Wendigo, there's violent outbursts, craving for flesh, vi- like just general violent behavior. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense because the part of the reason, well, obviously, you don't want people eating other people's flesh because that's not good for the community as a whole. Yeah. But also, it's... you have pyron disease. So, that, that makes sense perfectly there that it probably was based in reality in that sense because of like it's bad to eat human flesh from it's not socially acceptable. So I was burping. Um, this is not socially acceptable, and yeah. you get this pyron disease, and then I bet a lot of the Wendigo's characteristics are because it, like are described after people who got pyron disease. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, hillbilly neighbors with their big rig trucks. No worries. I can't hear him anymore. Okay. All right. So where were we now? Um, we just went over the Pyron thing. Okay. So now I want to hear about your experience of the Wendigo. Okay. This, understandably, this is a difficult story for me to tell because this, uh, this event is what shook me to my core and shattered my paradigm as far as understanding how the world works. So, mm-hmm. so we were called out 
Um, was this gonna before name- or when you were already with Darcy? Uh, this was before. This was okay. the last. This is actually the last assignment that I did with these other guys, and we haven't spoken since. So, <laughs> kind of gives you an idea of what we went through. Wow. <laughs> so, we got called out to. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to mention the name of the place, but I'm just going to. Yeah, say you that- can just remove names. Yeah. Yeah. We were called out by an indigenous group because they wanted us to record and to document this particular phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. They said that this uh, this 14-year-old girl was afflicted with being possessed by a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I, me being me back then, I thought, okay, sounds more like mental illness to me. So we went out there spoke with uh spoke with the elders and we set up a sacred space outside to get this thing done what what's a sacred space Uh, basically it's uh it's a particular space it it composes of a sacred circle outlined with um the directions for north south east east and west it's the four sacred directions of of these peoples right Mm -hmm. They believe that everything can be encompassed within these four things, and each one is assigned to an element. And it's very complicated. I don't know a lot about it, and I feel actually kind of bad and like I'm almost um, appropriating their culture by by telling any of this. But still, okay. Yeah, I just want an overview. You don't need to. Don't pretend you're an expert. Just give me a basic idea, just because I want to. I want to. I want to visualize this. Yeah, it's basically it's an outdoor area with a ring of stones and basically a cross in the center of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the ceremony then begins. We're all outside. You know, there's drumming, there's lighting of sage and lighting of sweet grass. Is this being like led by like the head chieftain? I'm not so sure if it was the chief or exactly what his role was. Like I'm a not shaman, sure. Perhaps. Perhaps it would make more sense, but. Oh, this was a while ago. I can't exactly remember who who was in or I guess the titles of all those in, that were involved. Yeah, no worries. I just wanna like I said, I'm trying to paint a picture for myself and the audience. Yeah, you betcha. So um shit. Can I start this over? Yeah, yeah, you can start over. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just replaying this whole thing in my mind and I'm getting it scrambled. Okay. <sighs> So we were called out um, by an indigenous group. They said that they had a 14-year-old girl on the reservation who was possessed by a Wendigo. Of course, me being me back then, I thought that this is probably just mental illness or something along those lines. So we got out there. We had a discussion. We got essentially the outlay of how this was going to work. We set mm-hmm. up a, we set up stones in a circle, and essentially we made a cross in the middle of it to create what's called a sacred circle that has all four of the directions and the four elements represented, right? Yeah. Well, then the girl arrived. Mm-hmm. And when she stepped out of the car, I thought, holy shit, like, I'm going to have to call CPS when we're done here. 
This girl looked emaciated. Like, she looked like she hadn't been fed in months. Oh, Jesus. Her skin was fucking gray. Ugh. Like, slate gray. That's horrific. And so they led her out into this circle and they began the ceremony. They lit some sage, lit some sweet grass, began chanting, began doing what it is that they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm there, I'm manning the, uh, the EMF readers. They're going crazy. The cameras are shutting down. Everything, like all the batteries and all the equipment drained. And of course, we were puzzled as to what was going on because we always checked our equipment three times over before going out there. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of whispering amongst ourselves. That's when I looked back at the girl. She was staring directly at us. Mm -hmm. And Steve, her eyes were black. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> No white in her eyes, no color. They were solid black. That is fucking terrifying. It gets worse. How? <laughs> she lifted off the fucking ground. Like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, she started levitating? Yeah. What the A fuck? Two, three feet off the ground. <laughs> and... Wow. I am not ashamed to admit at that point, that's when I booked it. I got the hell out of there. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. No, that, that's something that... I didn't sleep for a few days after that because everything I knew about the world and how it worked was shattered. I mean, yeah. That's did any of your did any of them stick around and find out what happened to that girl? I mean, I did a quick follow up a few weeks later. Apparently she was doing better. She was eating again. I never went and saw her for myself. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either. But uh, the one thing that <clears throat> it's a medicine man, that's what they call them. He yeah. told me. She looked at you. It saw you. He said, if I were you, I'd never go in the woods again. Jesus, have you ever gone in the woods since? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, mean, I would either. Aside, aside from going and looking for Bigfoot, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah. just wondering, like, when you go, what kind of gear do you bring to protect yourself? Do you have, like, cross, stuff like that? Um, personally, what I do is I bring like, it's it's essentially like a stick of white sage, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily one of the people who uh, believes in the Judeo-Christian um, beliefs, not because I disrespect them or anything like that. That's how I was raised. But I find that as far as crosses and things like that go, they offer very little protection without, say, like invoking angelic or divine names. Yeah, well. Eh, they'll protect you from a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but <laughs> vampires. <oy. laughs> Those don't exist because let me tell you what, the vampires that we know and love were all invented by Arthur Conan Doyle. I think it was no it was, <laughs> was it him or is he the guy that made um Sherlock Holmes? 
Uh, that's Sherlock Holmes. Arthur Conan Doyle did. Um, I think you're thinking of um, Bra- uh, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker, yeah. Yeah, he invented like 99% of what vampires are. So I know they're objectively fake because he didn't even look at the folklore when he made it up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. When you do look into like the Romanian um, folklore about vampires, it's really weird. Oh, I, we did that once. All right, oh, okay. back to your Wendigo story. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can tell you, to be honest. That's just, insane. Like, as far as protecting yourself from Wendigos, it's just, it's white sage and... I what mean, about bullets? If, sorry? So what about bullets? No. The only way that you can kill a Wendigo is to literally tear it limb from limb and then burn its heart. What, do you, tear it, what do you got to tear it limb from limb with? Your bare hands? Anything that you can, I guess. I don't think the rule... There's no specific rules um so you know if you, silver, if you ever need to go in the woods you know like firefighters have the jaws of life that can rip a car door open ah, that might be a good idea you rip a car <laughs> apart you can rip a windigo apart with a <laughs> jaw of life i guarantee you that that's that's some ash versus the evil dead shit right there yeah seriously <laughs> groovy <laughs> <laughs> that's that's insane though <sighs> i don't think i'd ever go in the woods actually you know what? I can never be, I can never, if I ever became a paranormal investigator, I can never go to a Wendigo thing because I love the woods. Yeah, no, like, well, like I said, back then I was utterly skeptical. I thought that it was mental illness or something along those lines, possibly epilepsy, but no, epilepsy doesn't do that. Yeah, you saw some wild shit and I would be yeah. a changed man as well. Yeah, it, uh, it's definitely going to be one of those things that, you know, makes me lose sleep for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, to get off of a, such a scary topic, do you have any funny stories that turned out to either be true or not true? Oh, well, I can tell you one of the more common things that we've come across. Go and, for it. <clears throat> I guess it's not so much funny as it is just sadly typical. Yep. Well, well actually, this is more of a darst. A story of Darcy's because I wasn't actually able to make that one but he went to this bar that's local to our area mm-hmm. and they said oh man you, you wouldn't believe it this place is so haunted so haunted there's weird stuff happening here all the time especially since the homeless guy died outside like a week ago <laughs> yeah that's yeah that actually happened so um that happens often a homeless guy dies outside and then there are bar gets haunted yeah that's apparently what they said well darcy went in he's starting the preliminary in the preliminary interview stage right mm-hmm. and the bar manager is there he's drinking and his whole staff is there and they're drinking they're all getting shit face drunk and suddenly <laughs> one wanders off and this guy's going off to darcy oh yeah weird shit happens here all the time then the fire alarm happened then the fire alarm goes off and suddenly the guy who wandered off suddenly reappears. Oh, isn't this weird? <laughs> and Darcy was just like, thanks. You just wasted my time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Jeez, that happened a lot to you guys? I feel like it's wasting your time. Yeah. A lot of it is like business owners and whatnot. If they're, if they're shady, they mm. know that a haunted place will bring in more business because everybody wants to know what's going on. Where are the ghosts? Yeah. They want to see some weird things happening. 
No, that's true. That's valid. So, yeah, we get a lot of calls of businesses calling us up and saying like, oh, yeah, place is definitely haunted. Okay, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll come in. But mm -hmm. uh, we suspect any kind of shady shit. We're out. <laughs> yeah, so actually another question for you. How can one avoid a Wendigo? Sorry, it's on my mind now. <laughs> Guys, oh. not, not eat human flesh? Because I can do that. Yeah, d you know, preferably don't eat don't eat human flesh. And um, I'm gonna go a hundred lifetimes without doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think you and me both. <laughs> but even if, even if the Wendigo wasn't a possibility, I don't think I'd eat human flesh. <laughs> yeah, but as far as protection goes, it's uh, either white sage, sweet grass, or if you're into crystals or whatnot, uh, black onyx is supposed to hold off a Wendigo. I've never tried that one myself though. I have a feeling I'll be pretty safe in Texas. I would say so. I don't know if they could venture out there. Yeah, you got the chupacabra to worry about down there. Uh, that's supposed to be in Puerto Rico. I don't buy that it lives anywhere else. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't believe I don't buy that I don't it buy lives the in Puerto Rico even. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy a chupacabra at all. No, I don't. It's an interesting. It's an interesting phenomena in a very interesting period of time for Puerto Rico, but outside of that, I think it's fake. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah. It's How do you feel about skinwalkers? This is my follow-up question. Skinwalkers? It's interesting because as skeptical as I am about most things, mm -hmm. when it comes to aspects of like magic and things like that, I'm actually kind of on the fence about that. So for me, the problem I have with skinwalkers, right, is that skinwalkers are a very specific thing mm -hmm. when it comes to um when it comes to like Native American folklore. Yeah. In I think it's like what is that Arizona area? Uh Arizona, Nevada. Is it the Pueblo in, is it the Pueblo Native Americans, if I'm not mistaken? Uh per, uh particularly Navajo. Navajo, okay, maybe not yeah. Pueblos or someone else. They, I mean, they do something else, but I know, like, in their Navajo tradition, the skinwalkers are, like, magical beings, and the reason I don't like them is that in modern times, all these assholes on the internet have co-opted them and made them aliens. I think that's, like, really disrespectful <sighs> to, like, the Native American um, tradition to decide that all skinwalkers are aliens and basically shit on hundreds of years of oral tradition and call it your own thing. Well, it's very like it's it, it's a cultural appropriation in a way that I think is actually bad. I don't think I don't think white people cooking Chinese food is bad cultural appropriation, but I think it's mm -hmm. wrong when you take someone else's culture and then they're like, "It was aliens. You guys are wrong. You're stupid." Yeah. No, it's. It... Sorry, my train of thought completely derailed there. No worries. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I do agree with you as far as cultural appropriation goes. And if you dig far enough down into the UFO subcultures and whatnot, they will say everything can be blamed on aliens. And it's absolute bullshit because they don't have a single shred of evidence for any of it. Yeah. I mean, you guys a little um, inside the NFL knowledge, if you will. You ready for this? So episode hasn't been released yet because we're recording this early, but... Mm -hmm. I have a new theory about UFOs. So I believe in aliens 100%. And if anyone who listens knows I'm very skeptical about UFOs. 
mm-hmm. are you ready for my new um for my what i'm on right now my thought process is that you ready for this is so, it that raccoons are aliens oh i mean that's a possibility but about ufos is that i was thinking recently so you know how the u.s government had the air forces come out and be like oh they're all these ufos don't know they are we don't know they are why would the most powerful army in the U in the world admit to not knowing what something is, right? Uh-huh. So there's either two scenarios here, right? Either scenario one is we know exactly what the fuck they are and we're not saying it and it's a misdirect, right? Mm-hmm. And option two is what I really believe is that, um, and I confirmed this with uh, Matt, who was on the episode last week from um, Geeks Hop News is that he was in the military, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I confirmed some of this with him because he knows better than every commenter on the internet who's never served in the armed forces that shit like this is secret all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what the, you know like a Harrier jet is? Yeah. The jet that yes, go up, yes. down, side to side. That was a secret for like two, three decades. The mm-hmm. B-52 self bomber was a, was a, was developed in the sixties and was a secret until the cold war ended. Right. The U S government has all these misdirects to keep their air superiority, a secret from their enemies. Right. And the general public. So if, if the U S and they are also known to keep this information away from people in the air force who aren't in the know, like that's a thing that happens constantly. So my thought is, this alien technology, these UFOs are probably exist and they're probably developed by the US government. And this is the biggest misdirect they could do because everyone thinks they're alien already. Why not play into that to buy another decade or two of keeping your top secret technology top secret? Yeah, there's actually yeah, that's actually a very good point. There's actually been in the past instances where the United States military is experimenting with, say, brand new um fighter jet technologies and things yeah. like that, especially with the B-52, because when they were experimenting with it, when it was in service, but still under top secret clearance, there was a lot of more uh, UFO sightings that were of triangular craft. Oh, yeah, I know. I was going to bring that up. I was going to say, like, do you know, have you ever seen a B-52 at night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a B-52 at nighttime is a um, is an, is an UFO, right? It it It, it is... It explains a lot of UFO sightings, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, we still run into the weird phenomenon of how do you explain the UFO sightings that happened in the late 1800s where, well, it's like, okay, people are also more suggestible back then. Yeah. So, because we just started to be interested oh. in flight in outer space. Look, I, I believe I'll just in aliens. I don't believe in UFOs, really. Yeah. Well, or UAPs, because... sorry, for being politically correct, UAPs. Yeah. It's still UFOs to me. Yeah. You know, slap a different label on it. It's still the same thing. But yeah. uh, the one thing that I have a problem with as far as uh, your theory goes, though, Steve, is that, say, like the, the Nimitz encounter that's become particularly famous in the last couple of years, this object not only flew through the air at like instantaneous speeds, like almost teleportation, but it also went underwater as well. Mm-hmm. So how long ago was that? Uh, was that, though? Uh, 2006. So I'm just I'm just spitballing here is that the U.S. Air Force has a long track record of hiding high tech airplanes from even their enemies 
whose job it is to know about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we have something that can go in the air and under the water. Or what if it just crashed? Well, I mean, like it was first spotted under the water and then it shot up out of it and then mm. zipped off. Who knows? I mean, maybe we have that, right? I don't know. I, I, I can't explain that, right? But I'm just saying, like, it's really more likely, I personally think, that the U.S. government would admit that there is technology more powerful than anything we have if it wasn't true because it's the yeah. army. Yeah, no, like as far as my personal theory on it goes is that maybe this is this is just this is crazy but maybe the air force and the navy are telling the truth because really it, it uh as far as national uh, security goes sorry are you still there yeah i'm here i'm here okay everything went super quiet there oh that's so weird all right okay but yeah my personal theory on this as far as the branches of the armed forces go yeah, there's th like the, there's benefits to covering things up, mm -hmm. but there is no benefit to coming out and saying we don't know what these things are. Um, sorry again, train derailed. Yeah, holy shit. Sorry. You said uh, you said that there's no benefit in them saying that they're that they're uh, they don't know what they are, which I do and do and don't fully agree with. Yeah, because. Uh, if they know exactly what these things are, it's more beneficial to come out and say like, yeah, we know what these things are. We, we built them or we know exactly what they are and we know what their defense capability is. And we've already gotten things in place to, you know, defend against them, but to sit there and just kind of shrug and say, yeah, we don't know what these things are. Yeah. It, I guess it, it kind of leaves them in more of a, position to be doubted as a world power right yeah so i don't know if they're just trying to lull their enemies into a false sense of security or what's going on there it just doesn't make a lot of sense as far as as far as politics and well the the army is not politics though. the army the goal of the uh, u.s armed forces is to protect the country and if they deem that the best way to protect the country is to um is to make people is to like misdirect then i think that's what they're going to do true enough but they also have to bow to their their political masters too right to a certain well, extent the army's only politi quote unquote political master is joe biden right now and no matter what you think about him i i personally like don't mind him but he is kind of senile they can sneak a lot around him and the last guy in charge wasn't exactly the sharpest tool in the shed either. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if the military, and it wasn't exactly like Donald Trump had his generals uh, on his side, if you read any of the things that have come out. So I'm just saying um, it's very, uh, it's very plausible that over the last eight years, especially, or four years, especially, thank God it wasn't eight, uh, last four years, especially, it would have been really easy for a bunch of commanders who already didn't respect the commander in chief to keep things under wraps. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we both have our own views on this, and it's yeah. probably just best to to agree to disagree on what we think. And that, and you know what, you know what, this will blow your mind, listeners. You can do that in a civil way. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like I can live in a state that has like creates laws that I strongly disagree with, but there's no income tax. So I'm not going to complain that much. I'll complain yeah. enough. I'll complain yeah. enough and try and vote for my um, vote in a way that helps my, um, what I personally believe in, but I don't have to pay an income tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of sounds like Alberta here because we don't have a provincial sales tax. <laughs> What's that mean? Oh, we have in Canada, we have things like uh, generalized sales tax or GST. We also have harmonized sales tax, which is HST. And most provinces have a provincial sales tax, PST. Well, Alberta doesn't have an HST or a PST. We just have a GST. You know, there's too many taxes in, in Canada. You need to fix Yeah, it. tell me about it. <laughs> there's too many taxes. Like, we need a billionaire's tax. We don't really need a millionaire's tax. Like, millionaires aren't that impressive anymore <laughs> uh, what we could do is cut cut a couple of billion dollars out of our national defense budgets because you know we could actually maybe start buying equipment that doesn't break <laughs> down it doesn't break down every five minutes yeah and invest it back into the country like education and schooling and i mean i I personally, I'm not going to get into anything political here, but I personally believe that if the in the U.S. federally legalized gambling and marijuana and just taxed those, we could probably get rid of most income taxes, if not slash them in half, because yeah. you would make more money in in a sales tax. Also, I personally believe that sales tax is the only fair tax because only rich it's the only tax rich people can't avoid. They still have to buy shit. Yeah. And yeah make luxury taxes like make luxury taxes higher don't tax food at a higher rate and let everyone keep their income everyone works hard they should keep their money all right well i think this is a pretty good spot to wrap up the show right. actually before you go i have a question for you what's, what's your that? favorite cryptid uh, my favorite cryptid i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna have to betray my country because it has to be mothman mothman nice yeah. west virginia I got to go with that. So, yeah. yeah. That's all they have going for them in West Virginia. So, it's a good pick. I don't know. I think I like, I think I like, um, like Champ the best, the Loch Ness monster of Lake Champlain. Yeah. It, it's actually surprising how many lake monsters we have in Canada here. I think that's probably why I didn't go with one. Yeah. We have because... so many lake monsters just in New York. I, yeah, we have like three, I think. I can't remember all their names, but there's Old Greeny, there's Champ, and there's one other. And yeah, just New York State. Yeah, there is a ridiculous number of lake monsters. Like, Darcy and I, we could have season upon season upon season of just lake monsters. Yeah, I mean, I think most lake monsters are fake, right? But Oh, yeah. Um, but what's interesting is a lot of, like, the U.S., like, the Great Lakes. I mean, I guess you guys are on the – are you guys in Lake George in Canada, or is that all um, Vermont and New York? uh i'm not sure i know like lake ontario i think shares a border with you guys yeah lake geography ontario. is not my strong suit yeah um i'm not nash um great lakes geography is personally not my strong suit but um I, the thing that's interesting about there is i don't think that there's like a plesiosaur like some people do but what i do think is actually the case is that um you have these waterways that connect to the ocean and they have I think it was like the 70s or 80s was the last time a bull shark was recorded in Lake Champlain. Hmm. 
Because bull sharks can survive in fresh water. Yes. So um, I think that there could be a bull shark that was completely misidentified because people have bad eyesight. Yeah, that could be very true. Yeah. All right. Um, so before I let you go, we got to plug all your stuff. Where can people find your podcast? Where can they follow? Where can they find you on social media? And if you're being haunted currently, how can they get? In, and you're in Canada. How can you get in touch with Kelly and Darcy? Yeah, you betcha. So you can get in contact with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Spirit underscore Canadian or at Spirit underscore Canadian. Uh, you can email us at spiritinstitutegp at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which I really should get back to updating. It's uh, Spirit, or, yeah, yeah, Spirit GP, Facebook.com slash Spirit GP. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much about it. So, and where can they find the podcast? Oh, yeah, you can find Canadian Spirit on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you find podcasts nowadays. All right, awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining Kelly. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Steve. Awesome. Do you mind if I just do the outro quickly? So I don't have to like do a bunch of files. Go right ahead. All right. I'll be quick. Then we can chat after. All right. All right. So thank you guys for listening. It was really fun having Kelly on, um, make sure you go follow them and check out their podcast. It's a great show. It's like a Canadian version of our show only it's, and it's better researched. Um, and thank you guys all for listening before I let you go. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. It helps us out, and it also makes sure you never miss an episode. Also, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It also really helps grow the show. Um, and you can follow us at podcast underscore misfits on Instagram and Twitter. And um, yeah, if you're con- oh, also if you're feeling generous and like want to support the show, please consider donating to our Buy Me a Coffee. It's linked below, or buy some of our sweet merch. Uh, Well, as always, stay spooky, misfits. Bye.